still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes And welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and Tom, it is great to see you over Zoom again after a fantastic weekend together uh, and a great uh, and entertaining Friday night at Ashton Gate, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah, how are you, mate? I'm, I'm certainly feeling... A little bit under the weather uh, the start of this week, and I think, as you say, that weekend down in down in Bristol, and particularly that Friday night, um, might might that might have something to do with that, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a Tuesday evening, so I'm not feeling as I'm maybe maybe feeling the effects unless you're old age, mate. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. Having watched the game back, I'm feeling buoyed by aspects of it, I'm sure. And we're going to come on to talk all about that game, uh, the loss, of course, the 2025-point defeat at Bristol in the Derby on Friday night. But before we get into the game, Tom, what did you make of the Ashton Gate experience? Obviously, the first time back for a lot of fans there um, in, in since COVID and, and kind of, yeah, a, a good crowd. Yeah, no, it, it was a good crowd. Um, you know, a big part of me wanted to um, wanted to hate it, but it no, genuinely it was a good atmosphere. Um, obviously, it's you know it's a it's a football stadium first and foremost. Um, Bristol City's Bristol City's home gate home home ground. Um, so it's a, it's a fair bit bigger than the rep, twenty seven thousand capacity, I think. And I'd say it was about sort of you know probably ninety percent or more full, with only some some rows at the top. At the top four, so yeah, as I say, when you know it, it did, it was a bit of a cauldron of noise at times. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought the atmosphere was 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 was, was really good actually. So yeah, in, enjoyed enjoyed the night out, and it would have been so sweet to turn around the twenty three thousand, twenty four thousand Bristol fans um, at the end if we'd managed to pit 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 them to the post. Yeah, I think we we go into the the ground in good time because we always like to to get to our seats and, and watch the guys warm up. But I think a lot of the the Bristol fans got to the ground pretty late. So I was sort of looking around with about even twenty fifteen minutes before kickoff, and there were so many empty seats. And I was I was feeling pretty gleeful about it because I thought all oh, the tides are already starting to turn after two bad defeats. But yeah, to be fair to them. It, it was a it was a great crowd and it was it was a really good atmosphere and yeah the the the, the one downside that the the there was with the ground I think in the stand we were at it just wasn't built it just didn't seem to be built or designed for for, for rugby crowds as you say it's normally a football ground and, and football grounds not allowed to to have alcohol whilst in in kind of view of the pitch and so the places where we were trying to buy alcohol were, were normally used for literally just selling a pie and, and a, maybe a soft drink. And so they're not used to having the, the number of people, I think, trying to get alcohol, big rounds of alcohol. And, and yeah, it just meant that you were queuing for, for like at times 20 minutes to get to well, get and, and uh, you said you said that you managed to watch the boys warm up and and you saw it you saw the ground fill up. As you know, I was queuing for a, a hog roast roll for about half an hour for, for before the game. So I I came in just as just as it kicked off. So yeah, I I can definitely I can definitely agree with you on that one. It was absolutely packed round where the bars and restaurants were. Um, 
not quite like getting a getting a cheeky burger by the river before you before you come into the wreck. That's for sure. No, and uh, yeah, and I think it was lucky really that there was there was bars kind of where you could watch the game at the same time because otherwise I'd have been pretty frustrated because it meant that we could stand in queue and also watch the game. So, you know, it, it wasn't too bad. And speaking to a few of the, the Bristol supporters, they were they were saying that that the other stands. I think we're in the Athleo stand at one end. The other stands are actually a little bit better and a little bit kind of logistically better built for for, for rugby fans. So yeah, I think all in all, it was a, a really good experience at Ashton Gate, which which kind of pains me to say it. And, and I think having watched the the game back this evening, I think the best thing about going to Bristol on Friday night is that I didn't have to watch that game for the first time um, being commentated on by Lawrence Delalio, who, who was, was at, up to his, you know, incredibly, yeah, it just poor best. So, um, yeah, that, that was great. And, and some good interactions with, with some Bristol fans in and, in and amongst us made it, made it a really good evening. And, and the rugby was extremely exciting. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it was a it was a really good spectacle. We were there with, you know, a, cu- a couple of neutral fans, and um, you know, who still followed the prem prem now and again. And I think it was it was agreed by them and, and other people around us that it was probably one of the most entertaining Premiership games that I've I've seen for for a while. You know, it was it was very very heads up um, as Bristol like to play, but I think we matched and even exceeded them um, in in attack at times. And there were some some spectacular individual tries, uh, particularly by particularly by Bart. So yeah, it was a really really good spectacle, and um, yeah, a good advert for for Premiership rugby in stark contrast to what we've seen, to be honest, so far this season from Bath. Yeah, I I really did think Bath contributed almost more to to the, the spectacle of the game than than, than what Bristol did. I, I thought we played some some great stuff, and we're going to come on to talk about that game in a lot more detail in a second, Tom. But first of all, I'll just implore you to follow us on social media at Bath Rugby Plug. Loads and loads of interaction this week, more interaction than than, than we've had in in a lot of previous weeks. I think because it was a derby, because we played a lot of rugby, and and because people often like to talk about this. Oh, Say that again. It's because of the thicker scale. That's the only reason. Yeah, well, the thicker scale and, and, and the ten pest performance. I, I think both of those things have got people telling social media. There's nothing, nothing that gets people more angry online than than incompetent refereeing, which we saw a fair bit of. I felt like on on Friday night. We're going to come on to that. But as I say, please follow us at Bath Rugby Plug. Please do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, then you'll get all of our episodes straight delivered to your device. And please do share it around with a friend. I know we're bottom of the league, but it's time to stick together as Bath fans. And, and if this does act as a bit of a therapy session for you, then that can only help a fellow Bath fan friend. So please do share it around, spread the word, ask them to follow us on social media and join in the discussion by the fans for the fans. But Tom, let's come on to the game and starting in, in, in the second half, in, starting in the first half, I think, think it would be a great idea, as, as we always do. Um, started with, 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 with scrums going the wrong way, I think, the, the first kind of interactions with the game, which became a theme of the, 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 the match. What did you make of, of those early scrums and, the, and then the battle between the, the, the international front rowers throughout the 80 minutes? Yeah, I mean, it's, sadly, it's been one of the main themes of the season so far, as we've as we've said. And it, you know, it was it was much of the same, to be honest. I think 
there were probably a couple of calls that 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 were probably fueled by kind of narrative of Bristol winning scrum penalties more than anything by anything by Bath. Um, and Stuart Hooper mentioned them in, in, the, pre- pre- in, in the press conference that he gave after. But to be honest with you, I, I don't think you can have too many complaints. You know, Carl Sinkler was was coming through really strong, and Ben Obano on that side in particular um, was was kind of struggling to, to to deal with him, which is you know a, a, a big concern for for sure. Um, and it, yeah, it just meant that in that early in those early stages, we were unable to get any real foothold. I mean, we had chances and we, and we, uh, you know, uh, and we, we, we scored a couple of tries as well in the first half, but it was just like you say, in those early exchanges, we'd get, get sort of some good field position. And then it was, I think two or even three scrum penalties that we conceded relatively early doors that Boyd, Carl Sinclair and co up um, and, and set the tone in those scrums for the rest of the rest of the game. Um, but I definitely think there's technical work to be done not just from from Beno Urbano, um, but to be honest, all the props that have have we've seen this season at times haven't looked dominant, um, uh, particularly, and, and if anything, have gone backwards at, at some at some various points during the season. Where where do you think you would you'd sort of have the scales on on, on balance? Would you say on, on Friday night it was more credit to to Sinclair and, and Thomas and, and the way they scrummaged, or do you think that it was more Bath, Stuart coming back from injury, Benno not playing a lot of rugby, and them struggling. How would you how would you measure the scales? Impossible to say, isn't it? You know, <laughs> you, 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 just, you just see yeah. the outcome, so it's, it's it's very difficult to say. As I say, I think Carl, I think on that on that Abano Sinclair side, that was where the, there was some some clear dominance really throughout throughout the game. Um, Stuart went off relatively early in that second half and Sinclair stayed on until kind of I think 67, 68 minutes something like that and he kind of continued um, to do the job quite effectively on Lewis Boyce which to me suggests that it was you know probably more of a Sinclair issue albeit you know Boyce and Stewart are both are both you know um, new back from injury um, so yeah it, it, I, I think you've, you've, you've got to hand it to Bristol at, at scrum time I think they were they were they were pretty dominant Um and, and as I say, I think there's 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 probably minor tweaks that Craig Lilly and Neil Hatley can make. I don't think it's individuals. There's probably minor tweaks to the the way the eight setting up, um, and some specific things they'll look at with the binding and the feet position um, that, that that they'll look at that, that hopefully will have a big impact. Because you know we've seen that essentially that exact eight inflict some real damage on Premiership sides in the last couple of seasons. So um, I don't think all's all's lost, but I think we definitely got outdone in that area. Um, and that wasn't just the Ian, the Ian, Ian Tempest effect. No, no. And I think that's been, it's been a concerning element of the, of the start of the season. And I was really hoping that it would be shored up by the return of, of um, Stuart and, uh, and Abano, but, but it, it really wasn't. And so hopefully it's just a, a lack of match fitness from those guys. And when they have this week off and then come back for Saracens at home next Saturday, then hopefully they'll they'll be in a much more physically fit position and much more match fit position that, that they'll be able to get their own way. And I think one thing we are starting to see, yeah, the scrums are concerned, but one thing we are starting to see and certainly saw in this first half, which isn't a concern from Bath, was was the, was the starting of of, of 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 running with the ball more and, and beating more defenders, offloading more, having more clean breaks. And I think that first half was 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 really really. Um, 
a good indication of, of, of how far this this backline I think has already come and and, and where it can get to. I, I thought particularly Bailey, um, Joma, and Joseph in that in the in the three quarters of, of the Bath midfield were were just outstanding in, in that first half. Having having watched it at the time, I really thought they were they were playing pretty well. But watching it back, yeah, they were excellent. Kind of we had that Yule's drop over the line, which had come from some fantastic face play. You know, we then took a quick tap penalty. JJ grubbed through to space and just was unable to gather it, and and also scored two tries later on in, in the first half. Tom, it was so exciting to see these guys, particularly those two young guys grow into a game like this in such a difficult atmosphere and, and play so well, um, particularly in that first half. I, I thought it was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they mentioned at the start of the game on that replay that for Fox, Bailey um, and Max Ajoma, it was the first away game, um, you know, kind of West Country Derby away game. Um, and it was, as we said, um, a, a, you know, a pretty, um, it int- could have been a fairly intimidating atmosphere. And, we, we said last week against Newcastle that at times the combination of Fox and Bailey looked a little bit kind of frenetic. Um, and I think that was partially because, well, it, it was due to a few few things. So I think Bailey looked much, much more assure, assured. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll throw that one, one, back, one back to you um, in a minute. But I also think Jonathan Joseph mm. took the ball much more at first receiver than, than we've seen. And that allowed him to get much more into the game. And I didn't really realise this at the time watching it. But I think he was fantastic in that that first half and really throughout the game. One of the real positives to take from it because it was, it was probably his best game in you know a season, a season and a half. Um, being involved, being being involved in that missed pass before the Yules try, as you say, and then those those kind of two those two kicks through, and then ultimately the the the, the pass to give Muir that that line to to score the try. So I think I think that those are the kind of elements of it on Bath side. Yeah. And I also think that paradoxically, the way that Bristol were playing um, played into our hands um, in a way that in previous season has been, has been so bad for us. You know, the, the kind of dog leg defence that they had um, much less structured than Newcastle and Sale, whose approach against Bailey and co has been to smother them and to, root, like, to rush them. Um, so I think that, that kind of allowed the guys to play with, play with more freedom. But yeah, some, some really, really good positives uh, to take from, from an attacking perspective. And um, well, yeah, I'll throw it back to you on Orlando Bailey because wow. you, you, had some, you had some comments to make about him last week. Yeah, I really didn't want to come off too critical last week, but, but I think I probably did just, just listening back to it. But, but I think ultimately, you know, it, 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 it's first team rugby now and, and performances need to be judged. And on this week, he was, he was outstanding in that first half. And I don't think, well, he's definitely not yet Sort of someone like George Ford, clearly, who can just control the game and take literally every phase that, that Leicester attack with. I think I was looking at Leicester's attacking stats earlier, and their ball playing off 10 is just incredible every week because they just, Ford just controls everything and he takes every phase and everything goes off him. Whereas Bailey, what he did so well, and what you're right, Ajoma and Joseph did so well, was take the pressure off him. Ajoma, a few times, was just carrying first phase just getting over the game line and Joseph stepping up and that allowed Bailey to, to just step into the game and influence it when, when, when he, he could and needed to. And yes, yeah, some of the touches from him was, was, were just outstanding in that first half. And you kind of showed that 
showed the, the promise that that he's obviously got and and and, and the way that he can ignite ignite that backline. Yeah, I thought it was excellent, and obviously JJ playing a key role in in the, in the distributing. We saw for the, the Will Muir try the horse galloping free inside the twenty two and dotting over to make it to make it seven three. Um, excellent finish from from, from Will Muir. An eighth try in fifteen prem games. Which is a which is a staggering strike rate for a guy that came straight into in, into the first team from 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 sevens. Yeah, yeah, he 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 really. I mean, obviously got two on the night, um, and he. Yeah. Well, yeah. So nine and fifteen now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a, a, excellent stuff from from Bath, um, and then Tom some not so good stuff. I thought from from the officials, which followed on on sort of the. Mm. The thirty-minute mark, and, and and we 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 always make a point of not wanting to to criticise the, the the officials on the on this podcast, but but I think I I think we have to just comment on this this week, and and I don't really want to go into every penalty and the scrum penalties. I think a large part of that was just Bath still discipline, even though it did feel like a lot of stuff wasn't necessarily going our way on the night. I think that's just one of those things. But what is inexcusable for me in Tempest is, is that mistake he made to rule out the. Uh, a Joma try, and 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 also the mistake which which the knock on from from Randall, which is right in front of me. I shout, I was shouting, how is that not a knock on at the base? Um, and 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 I, yeah, it, those two mistakes, a massive swing in in a space for about two minutes, were yeah, th- that's inexcusable at the Premiership level. Yeah, and what makes it all the more annoying is rugby these days. Premiership rugby can be so turgid because everything gets stopped, everything gets looked at. There's, yeah. there's, you know, the, the elation of a try is in 80, 90% of times kind of momentarily taken away because they go back and have a, have a look at it and try and find something. And so and I, we don't want it to be led by players saying, you need to have a look at that. But for, for, something, for something like a, like a try where you're not in a brilliant position to, to see it, as, as to be honest, he wasn't, where you're not getting a clear... Um, uh, a clear kind of view from the touch charge. It was just all based on his decision. I think you've you've at least got to got to have a look at that. Um, you know, cl- clearly clearly stuff 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 gets missed. And the Randall knock on. I mean, you saw it. I, I completely missed it. And on the BT coverage, um, obviously Delalia didn't pick it up, but uh, uh, Brian Driscoll, who was on, he picked it up, and it was you know it, it was it was a good spot. Um, you know, it, but by him but I it, yeah it, it it's a shame because like you say that's that's a big swing and not often do kind of refereeing decisions like that probably impact the actual overall result of the game but if you look at the what what the score potentially could have been with a say a 12 point swing right there with an unconverted try by Bristol and converted try by Bath half time would have been 22-3 versus the reality of 15-8 which is just which is just a completely different position, a completely different team thought that you're having. Um, so yeah, bitterly, bitterly disappointing. I bet that if that was a Bath knock on at the base by Randall, they show on the big screen, and that infuriates me because they just kept it under the wraps. They didn't. It was clear. It was so clear, and the Bath fans were saying the Bath players were saying it. And if they show that on the big screen, he has to go back. So that that's the first thing, and then the, the second thing. The, the knock-on where there's just clearly no knock-on he blows his whistle ju- literally just before a Joma touches it down probably a, a one second maximum before a Joma touches it down and then he says to a Joma no I can't look at it 
because I've already I blew my whistle before you touched it down. And that is just God. Just let that play on, then look at it. Yeah. He's not great, he's not great, is he? He's, no, he's, no, he's, no, he's, no, he's, he's just the name, he's unfortunately just the name that you, you don't want to see. Um you don't want to see it at the bottom of the, the, the team sheets, to be honest. Um, because it feels like games that he's involved in, these sorts of these sorts of mistakes happen happen much more that with than than with a lot of the other guys. Um, you know, Maxwell Keys, even you know, even Wayne Barnes, although he likes to, you know, he likes to get involved with the narrative. He probably doesn't make a mistake like like that. So, yeah, one of those things. I I didn't I I, I didn't feel what watching back. I didn't feel that. You know the penalty count was massively skewed against against Bath, seventeen to eight. I think the final the final count was. Um, but I don't think we can have too many complaints about those penalties. But you know that those few minutes, um, those few minutes that from from Tempest were 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 massive in the context of the scoreboard. Mm. And rub salt in the wound from the from the, the the knock on that never was from I don't know who even thought knocked it on, but the knock on that never was in the lead up to the Ajoma try in the ensuing scrum was, was a scrum penalty and they cleared their lines. So that, that was really when I was just like tearing my hair out. But yeah, it, extremely disappointing, I thought. What wasn't disappointing though, Tom, was, was the, the, the ambition shown by Bath throughout that first half. And it, it was epitomised by, by the end of, of the first half when, when we went to the corner um, instead of having a long-range shot at goal and Rocco uh, scored uh, in, in the corner after a beautiful piece of play from, from Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it's one of those where you feel like if it, you feel like if Bailey's kicking is a little bit more, little bit more accurate and a little bit more well developed, that you know that's that's not the correct call because you should just bank the three and you probably don't have you know you probably don't have a fifty percent chance chance of scoring at the end. And at times, some of the decision making I thought at, 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 at the penalties left a little bit to be desired. I mean, there are a couple of tap and goes. That they took one in the first half and then one right at the end or five minutes before the end, where you just think that there is a balance between ambition and between just playing percentages that will more than likely result in more, more points. Um, and to be honest, I think a penalty like that, I'd like to see him him backing his kicking to to, to get that. Um and I think I'd be adding that to that to, to the list if if we'd failed to score. Um, so it's kind of a lose lose for him, right? But I, as I say, I think there's a there is a line between ambition and and kind of having the experience to to to, to play territory and, and play points sometimes. But but no fair play, he, he did execute on that occasion just at half time. With, well, with Priestland, I, I agree. We, we kick sticks. He probably nails it, and we end up losing forty-eight-three. So I'd rather take the Orlando Bailey, the roller coaster we saw on Friday night. I'll be honest. I thought he was excellent, and yeah, there was a those tap and goes were particularly that second half one was oh my word, what are they doing? Yeah. Luckily, we did get some penalties following it. So um, yeah, we we all got the chance at the end, with which we'll come on to. Moving on into the second half, then Tom. Well, just finally on the first half, I thought it, I thought it was excellent. I thought we've touched on all the guys that were outstanding, apart apart from Sam Underhill, who, who I thought was was everywhere defensively. He was excellent, um, and yeah, an eight fifteen lead at half time, which 
we've spoken about the ambition we showed and the chances we created. It, it, if it had been sort of 22-8 or even, you know, a little bit more, it would have been even better. I think, yeah, we, we could have ultimately scored five points in the second half. I think we had chances in that first half to... to um, to, to get a further ahead lead. But um, none, nonetheless, I think Hooper described it as the best 40 minutes of rugby under his tenure. And, and I think, it, 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 you know, maybe not, but I think it was definitely up there. Um, moving on into the second half, Tom, some, some early substitutions, I think, here have got people questioning on socials. McNally, Stewart and Underhill all off within the sort of first 10 minutes of the second half. What did you make of those? So it was it was Stuart and McNally, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, and then Underhill a few minutes later, I think. Yeah, that, Stuart and McNally, Stuart and McNally, you can you can kind of understand, I guess, a little bit given given the injury point. Underhill was a, a bit of a frustrating one. I think that that came a little bit later, didn't it? Yeah, so it was De Glanville and Underhill off at fifty four minutes, um, right after the the the, 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 the second Muir try. Yeah, it felt felt like Underhill was. You know, as you said, he was the most physical player on the pitch when he was when he was when he was on. Um, he had a few unbelievable shots that he put in. One that I particularly enjoyed watching back on on Callum Sheedy. Um, kind of, yeah, uh, he, he looked he looked a little bit kind of kind of dazed to be honest after after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, so it does it does feel a shame to to take him off when he's when he's playing so well. Um, yeah, and I did see a, a comment on on social media. You know, why would you why would you have pre-planned um, substitutions when 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 the guys are playing well? I mean, the the question I'd probably ask is, I think you've you've got to be kind of tactical in terms of the the game and the scoreboard for when when you're taking guys off. And the time not to take some of your key players off is kind of bang after a yellow card when you're when you're you know. When you when you're when you're against the ropes, basically, and that's what we did a little bit later on in the game. Um, but but yeah, I mean th- those early substitutions. Um, I think a combination of injury and probably 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 fitness, to be honest. Yeah, I mean they were clearly pre-planned subs, all, all three of those, and and that, yeah, I guess they know a lot more about Alex the Watson, yeah. They they know a lot more about the fitness of the guys clearly than, than, mm. than we do, but. It did feel like it slightly unsettled us, and, and I think yeah that that contributed to, to 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 the second half collapse. Well, not collapse, but the second half defeat that we ultimately suffered. Tom and 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 in the end, two rolling mall tries, which which cost Bath. Yeah, I mean before we before we chat about that, we should talk about the Will Muir. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was a proper proper. You know, off your seat, go crazy. Pint, pint went everywhere. I think for me, um, hog roast roll I queued for for about forty-five minutes went went everywhere. But I didn't really care. Um, no, I don't. I don't really get that. But the um, yeah, didn't 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 care. Um, just ridiculous. And you know, the the epitome really of the talent of Bailey and Ajomo that I think we've got so much so much to look forward to. Oh, Max Ajomo with a ridiculous chip and chase that he gathers. Um, more ridiculous offload. <laughs> I know, obscene, and he and he made three or four of those during the game. Um, <laughs> most of which he he gathered. He's he, he's incredible. He start, He reminds me a little bit of Carl Easton with some of those just breaks and jinks that he he makes. He obviously played in that same position for for Bart. But yeah, ridiculous kick for him that gets us kind of behind the defence. 
and then spread it all the way left. Somehow he finds himself back out on the left wing after just one phase, which is great fitness at, 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 at that point in the game. Um, and yeah, a, a, just I don't even know how you describe it from Orlando Bailey. Sort of a cross kick, but also had elements of, the gr- of a grubber to it as well. And kind of skidded, skidded across the turf. Will Muir sort of in a, in a kind of one-two exchange with Bailey and Bailey offloads off the, off the floor right in front of where we were for that, that try. And yeah, fan, fantastic stuff. One of the best kind of team tries that we have scored in, in, a, in a, well, I can't remember a better team try than, than, than we've scored in recent seasons than that. It was, it was just brilliant. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think a lot of you know, people got in touch with us to say that they can't remember the last time that they were almost out of their seat watching Bath. You know, it's been a lot of pragmatism when, when we played well. But I think, yeah, that was definitely one of the, those moments where it was just that Bailey kick was just seeing. It was like, and to be fair, it's, I think it's something they probably worked on and they probably identified uh, during the week. And I think that's credit to, to whoever Williams or, or Ryan Davis. But but all, all the credit, well, majority of the credit goes to, to the players. Yeah, the, the Bailey kick, it was like almost a box kick over his head. He kind of hooked it over. Um, perfect weight on it. It was Yeah, it was a fantastic moment. And yeah, I don't know how I forgot that in, in, the, in the rundown. That was, that was the highlight of the evening, certainly from, from, from a vast perspective. What wasn't a highlight of the evening, I thought, Tom, was, was, was the way that the, the, the pack sort of disintegrated a little bit in, in the last 20, 25 minutes. Um, and I think that, that it, was, it was frustrating to see that, that, we'd, that we, we played so well and played with so much ambition and matched Bristol in, in, in the wider channels. I thought we defended much better in the wider channels, a lot less passive. Scramble defence was far, far better than it's been previously against Bristol. And we matched them in, in that area. But what I thought we would have the edge on would be in, in, in the tight five, uh, and we didn't. Uh, and the, the, those two driving moves, to lose the two driving moves, an area where we, we should be you know, we should have a, 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 the upper hand against Bristol, I feel like, was, was really frustrating. And, and two yellow cards in those areas was, was yeah, it, it was tough to take. Yeah, I mean, when we played Bristol in previous, pre, the last couple of seasons that, that, that they've been in the Premiership, we, one of the things we've said is, let's not play the sort of game that they want to play at expansive rugby. Let's try and beat them up. Let's try and use a driving wall more, which... Last season was the most effective effective weapon in our in our armory, um, and yeah, this 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 game it just fell apart. And to be honest, I think I, I don't, wouldn't blame the the substitutions in in, in isolation as, as I've seen kind of some people do on social media. To be honest, Bristol barely had a line out completed in that first half, and it meant that we that that area of weakness for us probably hadn't really been exposed at all until the, the substitution hooker came on and they started to win those those, those lineouts. I think they lost four or five lineouts in that first half. They started to win those lineouts in the second half and they started to get them all kind of kind of rolling rolling forwards much, much better. Um, and we've seen in the past what can happen. Penalties just compound and compound. And when you're conceding penalty after penalty in your 22, as we did penalty tries and yellow cards follow and that just completely turns the game on its head um, and Bristol suddenly have the upper hand they suddenly have an overlap they're suddenly in the in Tempest's thoughts at, at, at line out time rather than overthrowing 
and that in 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 Premiership rugby can can turn a game as I say can can turn a game around very very quickly and and down to thirteen men and suddenly behind on the scoreboard, Bristol crowd kind of roaring. It's very difficult to 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 come back from from there. Yeah, and I I think that that's right, and I think on on the contrary, when we had two line-out opportunities at the end to, to snatch either the draw or, or what would have been a famous bonus point win. Um, we, weren't, we weren't able to do it. And, and, and that's something that, that Hooper and Hatley have, have, have wanted to build as the, the foundation of our game. And, and that's what fell apart, which, which despite all the promise from, from the performance, it, it, it still leaves a pretty disappointing taste in the mouth. Yeah, bit of, bit of feedback there, I think. Um, apologies for that. But the, uh, yeah, I, I, spot on. And you can't, there's no point in having all that expansive stuff if you don't have that 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 foundation. Ooh. Ultimately, we can talk about Tempest's decision and that might have put the game to bed in the, in the first 40. But when you concede 17 penalties to Bristol's eight, and when crucially 12 of those penalties uh, are in your half, many of which were in actually in the 22, that leads to tries, that leads to, to yellow cards. And, you know, Bristol, to be honest, could have scored one or two more tries in the, the 10 or so minutes following the, the, the second yellow card. Um, so I don't think you can expect to win away from home when, you're, when your discipline is that poor and when, you're, when your line-up defence when your line-up defence and your, your scrum is, 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 is being dominated for large parts of the game in, in, in the way it was. So, I think de- definitely work-ons for, for Bath. Um, but Hooper is right, I think, as well, to call out Ian Tempest for, for, two, for two very poor decisions in, 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 in that game. Yeah, and I think just looking at, at the season as a whole, Tom, obviously, as I said at the start, we find ourselves in bottom, despite having had the second most offloads, the second most clean breaks, the third most defenders beaten, and, and the fewest kicks, which you know is not always uh, um, a sign of, of, of a winning team, but I think it's positive from, from a lot of Bath fans' perspective. But on the contrary, we've got the worst tackle success rate, only 70, 71% tackles made, which isn't good. Obviously, the most penalties conceded. I can't imagine that's even close. And the second most turnovers conceded, which again just highlights the the ill discipline, scrum time, line out time, and the poorest defence um, has hampered us as it did on on Friday night. But a hundred percent record in losing bonus points. Yeah, no. <laughs> three, three losing bonus points from uh, <laughs> from the, the, the first three games. Games. I mean, partially because we're the only team that's actually lost lost three games. Um, yeah, it's it's the same old story to a degree. I think it's we're still not a well-rounded team, um, but I think some of the bits that are better are more exciting to to fans watching on than some of the bits that have previously been better. So I don't even necessarily think that this team would comfortably beat. The, the the team that played last season and certainly not the team that played before but it is more exciting there's more potential in some of these these young guys that are that that, that are playing and as as bar fans as we know we kind of cling on to cling on to everything everything we can get um, but ultimately we lost to Bristol we are we are bottom of the table and my my fear continues G that we we fail to win these these next three four five games 
we, we suddenly found ourselves comfortably bottomed in a ring fence league. And I, I, I again, I, I'm concerned that I'm concerned as to what that would mean for the ambition that, that Hooper, etc. show. We beat Saris next week, mate, at the rack. Mark it, book it. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to win next week. We've we got get, George, get George Ford back for a, a one-game return um, after he, he did the job for Leicester against Saris. Now we beat them next week. Book it, I'm, I'm feeling confident. Just just a final thing for me on this game, Tom. Did you see um, Darcy Ray's to to throw in? Yes. Oh, I meant to bring that up. That's the luckiest free kick in the history of the game. Well, Adam and got one, which I actually think he threw through the Bristol guy's legs. I don't think Williams was even in the air and it just landed at him. So, you know, he's got a 100% success rate at lineouts, despite potentially Meadow being able to do a better job. So, that, 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 I couldn't believe. I didn't really realise on Friday night that he was throwing in. I just kind of hadn't clocked Yeah, that, that, that first one. As they're saying, cricket, that was missing another set <laughs> of men lined up in a lineout. <laughs> Yeah, no, very good. Yeah, that, that was entertaining and, and a tough night, I think. But but speaking to a lot of Bath fans after the game, there, there was a bit more. I don't know. They enjoyed it more, and I think I think that 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 made it feel like you know not as tough a loss as previous. And, and that brings us nicely on to the thicker scale reading for this week. So if you're you, you, you just speak on me. So if we are new to the podcast, sorry, I'll just explain to everyone um, what it is. So it's um, it's the thick to scale. It's the measuring from one to 10 of how thick or thin the performance at the weekend has been based clearly on the uh, Richter scale of earthquake measurements. And yeah, I th- I, you know, loads of stuff on, on, on social media about this week uh, from this this week, Tom. It's really starting to, to to take off. I think you've gone viral, mate. But stand-up bar says the first off-your-seat moments for quite some time contrasted with same old issues, penalties, defence, and retreating set-piece, a six. Thick to reading seven from Simon Fussell. Yes, we lost, but we created enough to win. And if Austin Healy says we're robbed, I'll take that. And Tom Scriven, probably the least pessimi- one of the least pessimistic fans we've, we, we've heard from this week, says four on the thicker scale. Some of the most exciting rugby I've seen in years. Officials would be on poor. And a Germany signing on an extended contract ASAP. But well, if John Everly won't stop stirring, then maybe we can just get that done quietly. Oh, but, but I think, no, I, think no, I, concur, no. I concur with, with most of the fans on Twitter. I asked myself, I think, when I was thinking about this, was this better or worse than the five I gave, gave after the defeat at the AJ Bell in the first week? I think it was slightly better. So I'm going with a thick scale reading this week of a six, Tom. What about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come with you on that. I think some exciting rugby, some, some, some real promises I showed, and ultimately beating Bristol away um, in kind of their, their homecoming um, with lo- loads of pressure on on those young guys, we're beating them at 67 minutes. We 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 you know discipline cost us in the end, as it so often so often does, and we are we are bottom of the league. So yeah, I think I think a six is is a fair fair balance. I'll also read out a funny tweet that we got from from Bryn Thompson um, a week or so ago, and I've been meaning to mention this. Um, and he says he likes the idea of a of a thicker scale, but has suggested. Um, an additional sphincter scale, um, and he says this is a this is essentially a, a scale out of ten of how much clenching was required in 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 the final fifteen minutes. 
Um, and I'm not sure being a family show that we can adopt this on a, on a, on a regular basis. Um, but, <laughs> but being down, being down in the corner uh, for those, 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 those two penalties and two lineouts at the end. Um, and it, you know, being on the cusp of a, what would have been a great win. Um, I think, yeah, I think it, for me, it would be a solid, a solid seven on the, on the sphincter scale. Um, <laughs> albeit, albeit it did feel a little bit inevitable that we'd, we'd, we'd find a way to, we'd find a way, way to mess it up. So thanks Bryn for, for getting in touch. That, that, that did, that did raise a, raise a smile to my face. Yeah, I think it's a seven partly because you didn't want to wait 20 minutes for to key for the toilets at the end of the game as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom, for joining me. It was great to, to see you at the weekend, mate. I thoroughly enjoyed the day, the evening. Um, and yeah, it, it was some exciting stuff and, and some promise. So so so, so that's what, what we'll hang our hat on this week. Thank you again for listening, for tuning in, for getting in touch with us on social media, for spreading the word. Season four is going as big as we've ever gone before. So thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed it. As I say, spread the word. Not sure when we'll be next back. Obviously, it's a bye weekend for Bath this weekend. So the next game is at Saracens in two weekends time, Saturday the... Sunday, on the Sunday. Is it the Sunday? Sunday the, yeah, yeah, whatever, 19th, 18th, that weekend. So we'll be back probably before then, I think maybe for a quick preview of the Saracens game, if not definitely in our usual spot after the Saracens game to review that win. Trust me, we booked it. Stick behind the boys through thick and thin.